Hello and welcome to the Punt the QB podcast. Tim, welcome to Week One Football. Love that sound. It's yeah. Thursday night or Thursday afternoon, I should say. We're film, we're videoing this, we're doing this right now, and the season starts in like four hours. And I'm all giddy. I'm all giddy. It, it's awesome. It's it's really it's like okay. And everyone in my family knows. Shut down your life for the next five months. Yeah, it's it's just a, a, football's here. I mean, college football is fun. That TCU Colorado game was fun. It's a nice little appetizer, but the NFL's here. Oh yeah, you know, and and, and of course we're gonna we're here for our week one preview. We're gonna break down each game, the key points, some of the the questions, and you know, and a little action we like along the way. And if you are here for the fantasy, you're one episode early. That'll be right after this one. We we got you guys too. We got you guys too. Uh, the major headlines going into this week. The Niners did it again. Yep. They, once again, under the gun with the season about to start, a player that wasn't happy with the contract got paid. Yes. Nick yes, Bosa. Reigning defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. He got paid. He is the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. He got a five-year, $170 million extension with $122.5 million guaranteed. Yeah. And then... And the, the 49ers have, like, the highest paid now defensive player. They have, like, the highest paid running back. They have the second highest paid fullback. They have one of the highest paid receivers in Debo. They have one of the highest paid tight ends in charge in, in Kittle. And and there's plenty of people on that defense, including uh, Hargrave, who they just got, or Hargrave, who they just got yeah. from Philly, who's one of the highest paid people. And you know why that's all possible, Tim? Because you're Irrelevant. paying Mr. Irrelevant literally the least amount of money possible. Your starting quarterback is making like $900,000 this year. And I'm telling you, that's we, we've seen the formula for the last 20 years for Super Bowl champions. You either do it with an elite quarterback, a la Patrick Mahomes, or you do it with an elite defense and a cheap quarterback, like when the Seahawks went to back-to-back Super Bowls. They did it because of the Legion of Boom. Yeah, before Russell got paid. Yeah, before Russell got paid. Exactly. And, and or that's you did it. Or the Ravens did it with uh, with a great defense with Flacco before Flacco got paid. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing is that's that's what good teams do. They recognize this is our window. Let's go get it. And if anybody deserves to get it, it's Nick Bosa. So good yeah. for him. On the other end of the spectrum, the other star defensive player that wanted a new contract is still not there. Yes, Chris so, Jones is still not right. in. The season is opening tonight. With the Kansas City Chiefs. With no Chris Jones in with, sight. With no Chris Jones. And, and speaking of guys not being there for the Chiefs, it looks like Kelsey. It is a true game-time decision. Highly unlikely, when you hyperextend your knee on a Tuesday, it's highly unlikely that you're going to end up playing. But guys like you and me are still hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> as much as you want to be hopeful, uh, at the same exact time, like, you kind of think to yourself, if you haven't been fantasy yet at this point, you just give it give it the two weeks, give it a week or two, and come back healthy because you don't want him to go in there. Like, if he does, if they say he's playing right now, isn't there a good chance he's just a decoy? Like, maybe he catches, like, two two passes right. or he gets two targets at the beginning of the game and they just never go back to him because then it makes the defense have to play him honestly. Yeah, and that's the thing is from a football perspective, because, you know, that's what we're here to do, the defending champs, when this schedule first came out, you just say, hey, they're going to put the Lions on opening night against the defending champs at home getting their rings, no chance. Well, they're, they're the Lions team that everyone's excited oh, about and, and that's the thing. is We'll, we'll talk about that. You know, I, I guess we don't break down the game because you know that's not what we're here for right now. we got all the Sunday games. But we've heard the, oh, the Lions are back, restore the world. We've heard that before. I, I want to see it. Yeah. I, I, I want to actually see it. That being said, the Chiefs coming into this game, no Chris Jones, still holding out, probably not Kelsey. 
No problem? Question mark? Well, yeah, you would think. Well, they're at home, and you got Mahomes and Andy Reid still. So, I would I would say that I would say that before we talked about it, I said, does KC win? Absolutely. Do they cover? I don't know. Now it's like, does Kansas City win? I think most likely they do, but I don't. I think it's a lot more likely they win, but they don't cover. It's a 27-23 or something like that. Game still goes under, you know, but the, but when it's all said and done, I think Detroit covers. They put up a good game. Everyone's going to say, oh, Detroit, they're on. The, they're still on the up. But Mahomes and, and Andy Reid, I think they could still get it done even without Kelsey on. Yeah, you're probably right. And that was my first thought is Chiefs win, but Lions cover. Yeah. So, I, I mean, there are major injuries going to week one. We'll touch on that with each game because there's 15 games to talk about. Major injuries. I mean, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, Jonathan Taylor, Jerry Judy, Vaughn Miller, Marlon Humphrey. Lots of injuries. Yes. But what say you? We get right into the games. Let's go! 15 games starting with the noon central, 1 o'clock eastern slate. Is, is it copyrighted if I just say, like, and now? Seven hours of uninterrupted <laughs> football. <laughs> but tell me that's not, like, the greatest saying. It is. It's great. It's, it, you know what? When you first started, like, honestly, even my kids on Sundays, before at 11.59, when the clock comes up and it's 59, 58, like, my kids are, are, were in first grade last year, and they were like, 10, 9, 8, <laughs> 7. And they don't even like football. As soon as it was over, they're like, okay, I'm going to go play with my toys. Like, It's great. Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, the, the NFL Plus, we didn't touch on any of our preseason episodes, but NFL Plus is out. The NFL has finally gotten into the streaming game that everybody else is doing at Nauseam. Yeah. And for NFL Network, the All 22s and Red Zone, 15 bucks a month. If you don't have, like, YouTube TV, Hulu TV, whatever, anything that covers Red Zone, why wouldn't you? Yeah. That, that's really all you need. Just yep. cancel everything else. Yeah, yeah. Red Zone is, whoever came up is amazing. Yeah. But when he hits, I'm telling you, when that hits, seven hours, commercial free, you're like, chills go through you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's all get right. let's get it out of the way. Starting out of this one with one of our noon games, Houston Texans at Baltimore. Baltimore's a 10-point favorite. You just wanted to go straight to the highest favorite and get it over with. Let's just get it over. Rip off that band-aid. Baltimore's a 10-point favorite. Total's 43.5. The Ravens have covered six of the last seven season openers. I'll make you. Uh, yeah. I mean, Houston, as much as I think this is a team that's going to improve drastically from where they are last year with D'Amico Ryans, I mean, Baltimore's just a far better team. Um, Not to mention the fact that Houston... It's gonna take some time for them to start gelling. They were they were horrible, horrendous stopping the run last year, and I don't think that's gonna change just overnight. I mean, I know it's something that Tamika Ryan's is probably working hard on, but I think Baltimore is gonna absolutely just wipe the floor with with Houston. Yeah, I, I think the biggest question for Houston going into the game is what we can expect from C.J. Stroud, a rookie, very raw quarterback, making his debut on the road. Yeah, but they've got that Baltimore in Baltimore, that Baltimore defense. It's been usually pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a rough day. Yeah, and on the Ravens' side, I think the biggest question mark for them going into is what will the new Ravens' offense look like? Will they be full go, seeing as they're probably going to be at home against the Texans, or are they going to hold back some of that for their matchup against Cincy? Week yeah, two? I don't think you have to go you know, guns blazing against a Texans team. Um, I know that when you, when you kind of when you kind of do that, you kind of set yourself up to get upset or or even you know be be fighting for the game i don't think this is going to be much of a competition here i think you're going to see you're going to see what baltimore does well they're going to run the ball they're going to pass the ball a little bit i think they'll be okay houston can't stop houston couldn't stop the run last year i think that it's going to take a couple weeks for them to really get that going if they are going to start stopping the run 
Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, as far as like eliminators that start, you know, I think the Ravens are one of the potential teams to use an eliminator. Just they play in a really tough division. I looked ahead at their schedule. The only other matchup you'd really want to consider using them in an eliminator for is their week three matchup hosting Indy. So, but I think the Ravens are a good uh, candidate to use in an eliminator. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking at the schedule, you're definitely not going to pick it for any division games. So. Right. So I mean, if you if you if you know you have no interest in picking Baltimore later in the season, then go ahead. But Baltimore is a is a ten, possibly eleven win team. We're talking about a team that can that can really go with Cincinnati as far as competing for this division, as, as well as some of these other teams. I mean, Cleveland might surprise a lot of people. And and if you've been listening to our podcast for the last four weeks, you know that we like we like Pittsburgh. So yeah, I mean, if, if you if you don't see it, there's if you don't see the the value in not taking him later, then take him now. Yeah, I'm just saying, I, I think everybody's going to, Darling is going to be the Washington football team. So if you want to zig when everybody else zags, that's just one thing to consider. Uh, before we move on, one thing I'm keeping an eye on in this game, the Ravens defensive special teams to score an anytime touchdown is plus 500. At 5-1, to one, with C.J. Stroud making his NFL debut on the road, I kind of like it. Well, and Baltimore is one of those teams that is very opportunistic. They find ways, exactly. even if it's special teams or a fumble recovery or something. Uh, let alone a CJ Stroud interception. I, I think it's. I think that's great odds. Yeah. Anything you're keeping an eye on from this game before we move on? Um, I think Dobbins is going to have a really good game this game. I, I I think that you're right. I don't think Lamar Jackson has to pull out all the bells and whistles. They don't have to expose their whole offense. I think you might be looking at a big game for Dobbs if uh, Houston can't stop the run early. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to another noon game that doesn't appear to be com- super competitive, but let's just get it out of the way. The Tampa Bay Bucks go to Minnesota. The Vikings are a six-point favorite. Totals forty-five and a half. The Bucks are two and fourteen against the spread in their last sixteen. You know what scares me about this game? Eighty-nine percent of the money is on Minnesota, and that's just that's that's a crazy amount well, of. That's money. because they have that 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 six-point favorite. You know, the magic numbers are usually three and seven, yeah. stuff like that. So when they're less than a, a thirteen-win team last year is less than a touchdown favorite at home against this Bucks team. It screams the public's going to pound on that. Yeah, it makes me it makes me do Adderall Akbar. It's a trap! It's yeah. a trap! We really need to get that drop because yes. it's so appropriate. Yes. And not only that, as a whole, as I looked at Week One slate, there's six home dogs. Now this doesn't qualify for that, but there's a lot of action. You showed you sent me the tweet. A lot of action, like where the public is pounding one end, and to me that always screams trap. Yeah, I mean, let's face it: Tampa Bay owned six their last six on the road last year. Uh, this is a team that, even with Tom Brady, struggled last year. Uh, yeah, I Tampa Bay was last in rushing offense, but Minnesota was was twenty seventh in rushing offense. So, who runs the ball is going to dictate how this game goes. Now, yeah. if Rashad White can get going, and Tampa Bay is going to start changing how they're doing things. Then maybe maybe they have a chance to stick around in this game. Maybe they cover. I don't see how they win, but with this game, with this spread being six and not moving at all, with all this money on Minnesota, it just screams trap. Yeah, I think the biggest question for the Bucks going into this game is what Baker Mayfield shows up. The guy who showed up uh, on Thursday Night Football with the Rams five days yeah, of being yeah. there and won, or the guy we saw in Cleveland who just pretty much looked horrible. Well, okay, we can also say that. Baker, when he was in uh, with the Rams, the Cooper Cup was injured. When he was on the Browns, I mean, besides Odell Beckham Jr., it's not like he had a great, vast amount of weapons. This is the most weapons he's ever had with Godwin and Evans. This is the most weapons Baker Mayfield's ever had. So, I mean, I guess let's see how it goes. 
but you're talking about a Tampa Bay team last year that was four and thirteen against the spread, and that was with Tom Brady. So Absolutely. I just don't see how I just don't see how it how it happens here because you still have a Justin Jefferson that absolutely just makes makes defenders look stupid, even good defenders. Absolutely. I think on, on the Vikings side of it, what I, I think what I'm keeping an eye on is how much better can the Vikings defense be? And they were 28th last year in points per game. How much better can they be with Brian Flores as their defense coordinator? They should be a lot better. I mean, this is the new defensive coordinators on a lot of teams here. You know, you got Miami with Vic Fangio um, and here right now with Brian Flores and they, they should be better. Especially against this team, there's no reason why Minnesota shouldn't walk out of this game in the top half with Baker Mayfield as the other team's quarterback. There's no reason why they shouldn't be in the top half of defense by the by the by the end of week one. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, moving on to a more competitive noon game, if you will, the Niners are a road favorite at Pittsburgh. Niners are two and a half point favorite at Pittsburgh. Totals forty one. The Niners are nine and two against their spread in their last eleven. Yeah, you know what? I love this game. This game is oh yeah, Nick Bosa versus T.J. Watt. This is one of the this, gems of the noon slate. This is Kyle Shanahan versus Mike Tomlin. This this is like this is what when you see Week One football and you're like looking forward to it, you're like, ooh, this one just this one just makes the hairs raise up on your skin. Ooh, like Mufasa. You know what I mean? I'm just having a good time with this one. I mean. Uh, the one thing that cracks me up is the two rookie quarterbacks from last year, Brock Purdy against against uh, Kenny Pickett. I mean, and and I think with Pickett, I think you might see a big a big improvement from where you are. I think you're gonna see a lot of progression from Pickett this year, and you know Brock Purdy from that injury last year. I mean, let's see what happens. Is this was this a, a flash in the pan first season, or is this Brock Purdy just like ready to keep going on that on that pace that he was going at before he got hurt? Yeah, absolutely. I when I started prep on this game. Uh, one of the first things I, I noticed was the Niners are a road favorite. Wow. I mean, they're a great team. You know, I get it. Uh, on the Niners side, I think the biggest question is going in. One of them has been answered, Nick Bosa. He'll be there. The other one is, is Brock Purdy fully healthy? Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of a question going forward is, is it going to be the Purdy we saw last year? And is he fully healthy? So I think that'll be interesting. On, on You brought it up on the Pittsburgh side. What I'm looking for is... Does Kenny Pickett, and not just in this game, but as as a whole, does Kenny Pickett take that year two leap? Yeah, I think that a couple of things that I really like about this, I really like with this game. I mean, San Francisco, eight of their last nine home opener, not home openers, eight of the last nine openers have gone under the spread, and with the spread forty one, it already favors a low number. I think this game goes under when you're talking about these two defenses. They're really good. You got second year quarterbacks who could always come out and struggle to start because, you know, just because you had a good rookie season doesn't mean you're going to have a good second season. Um, and then the other thing is, 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 you know, give me the home team getting points in the first half. I mean, Pittsburgh money line first half plus 114. Give me the plus money, man. I'll go for it. If yeah. I was going to lean towards something, I would say for, I'm not. Because I feel like these two teams, with their defenses, with the second-year quarterbacks, with the even with the head coaches, I mean, I think that this game will be decided late in the game, and and I, I could see Pittsburgh going into halftime up. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's that's the the matchup I'm keeping an eye on is Pittsburgh's offense at home versus the Niners' defense. The Niners' defense last year was number one in points per game at sixteen point three. And they added Javon Hargrave to the middle of that lineup. Yep. So I, I think that's the key matchup for this game. Mm -hmm. So moving on into a divisional matchup on the noon slate, we've got Jacksonville, another road favorite. Jacksonville is minus five at Indy, totals 45. The Colts ended last year losing seven straight. Yeah. And 
you've got the rookie quarterback, and I know everyone's high on Anthony Richardson, and I know that you're hearing all these things about how he stays after practice and he's in the he's he's staying after practice and working for like another three or four hours. A rookie quarterback is still a rookie quarterback, and Anthony Richardson, fifth pick overall, we were always saying was going to be a project, and to have him start right off the bat here, I mean, let's see how it goes. I mean, you're playing against the good Jacksonville team. This is a Jacksonville team that. You know, look at this time last year, Tim. Remember, we were talking about how Indy were the darlings of the division, and Jacksonville was like a team maybe on the up, on the up and up with you know Trevor Lawrence as their rookie quarterback and all the offseason moves they made last season. And now they just totally one eighty each other. And now you got Jacksonville being like the, the the truck of the AFC South, and you got Indy just totally scrapping everything and starting over. I mean, yeah, I it's another one of those where all the money's on Jacksonville. And the line hasn't moved enough to to make me think that that's that it's it's a it's where it should be. So it just makes me think that this could be a Jacksonville win, but an indie cover. Yeah, I I hear you. I, I think the biggest question for Jacksonville going forward, for me at least, is what does Calvin Ridley's return to football look like? On for the uh, Indianapolis side, you already mentioned it. All eyes are on Anthony Richards. Oh, this yeah. season is all about him and his development. Now, Shane Steichen was able to work his magic in Philly with Jalen Hurts, and I think that's what Colts management is hoping he's going to be able to do with Anthony Richardson, who's very raw. He had 13 games in college, and that's something we saw with Mitch Trubisky at North Carolina here in Chicago. But it all for the Colts, all eyes this entire season is about Anthony Richardson's development. See, I think that one thing that might might help Indianapolis is, is that you don't have... I mean, I know you saw it in college, so you don't have a lot of game film on Anthony Richardson yet in the NFL. So, I think if he's going to, if he's going to have a game where he kind of sneaks up on people, it might be now. I think he might have some regression two, three, four, because a lot of team week two, weeks two, three, and four, because you're going to be able to; those teams are going to be able to start, you know, adapting their their game plans on defense to what they're seeing this week from Anthony Richardson. Because when you're talking about preseason, you're just seeing all of like the, oh, the plain no Jane, game vanilla. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, but Jacksonville, I mean, they, they're just stacked as far as talent-wise. I know Indy's defense wasn't that bad last year, but their offense was horrendous. Yeah, I just think that Jacksonville's going to pull this one out. And maybe not. Maybe they don't cover, but Jacksonville's going to should pull this yeah, one out. Yeah, that's the one note I had for no matter what, despite any team outlook going to a season when these two to get together, usually chaos ensues. Chaos ensues. All right, Tim, let's bring in another one of our competitive games here for Sunday, as I should say, the noon games. At least on paper. Yeah, on paper here. Tennessee Titans at New Orleans Saints. The spread is three. A New Orleans affair by three. The over-under is 41. Tim, this is a Tennessee team that uh, the, their offensive line has been horrendous. They're, they don't have the receivers besides DeAndre Hopkins, who they got in the offseason. Um, and New Orleans is a team that's picked to win their division. I mean, where, where by, you... de- by default. Yeah, Let, by... Let's be honest, by default. Okay, and where, where are you going with this? Yeah, I I did think it was funny. One of the factoids I wrote down about this game, the last game we just covered, I mentioned an AFC South team that lost seven straight games to end the season last year in the yeah. Colts. Well, another AFC South team that lost seven straight games to end the season was the Tennessee Titans. And they were going into Week 17. If they win, they were in the playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's And that's the thing is how, how many opportunities they have. All the things that had to go right for the Jaguars and wrong for the Titans for that to happen. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, for me, you already touched on it. The biggest question for the Titans going into this game is their offensive line troubles. Mm-hmm. Okay. In 2022, the Saints defense was fifth in sacks 
while ten- Tennessee's offensive line was 27th in sacks allowed. Yeah. And I think they got worse. Oh, yeah. and But, I mean, let's face it. If there's one thing that you could do to heal the ails of passing, uh, is, is pass protection, is, Tim, run, run the, ball. the ball. And you have, by far, one of the better, one of the better running backs. When we're talking about running backs in the NFL right now and which one of them actually has, like, a legacy going into, like, it's Derrick Henry. Yeah, I I think it's funny what you said. We definitely need a punt to QB T-shirt that solely says "Run, run the, the damn ball. ball, run the damn Cause, ball." Cause how many times in the first two seasons have you said "Run the damn ball"? Well, when we're talking about it, when we're talking about you know now we don't have uh, we don't have where we talk about what happened in the games previously because yeah, there's only so much time because it's week one. Yeah, but, I mean, but there's also so much time in the day. But when we were talking about it, I didn't get a rant to be like, "Why aren't they running the ball?" You're up seven. You just run the ball, run clock, but they don't. They choose not to do that. But anyway, if if Tennessee wants to be in this game, what's the one thing they're gonna have to do, Tim? Run, run the, the ball. ball. Absolutely. Uh, on the the Saints side of the ball, what you're looking to for for this game is what does Derek Carr's Saints debut look like? What what can he do? I mean, they they shuffled through Jameis Winston, who then got hurt, Andy Dalton, and they had still had the experiment with Jason Hill at times. Derek Carr should, in theory, bring stability. So. I, I'm interested to see what his debut for the Saints looks like. I think the Tennessee, if, where they lack on defense, is their defensive backs and their cornerbacks. And when you've got Olave and you got a Michael Thomas who hopefully is healthy, um, that could cause problems. It doesn't make a difference, you know, if Derek Carr's having a great day or not. You've got great receivers there, and they could totally make it happen. Yeah, the Titans last year were the extreme. They were the poster child for extremes. They were number one against the pa- uh, the run. I'm sorry, number one against the run and dead last against the pass. And that's the matchup I'm keeping an eye on. Yep. Chris Olave versus the Tennessee Titans pass defense. Last year, I mentioned they were dead last. They were 32nd in 2022, averaging 274.8 yards per game given up from the pass alone. Yeah, spoiler alert, if you're going to stick around for a fantasy episode, I think we're going to be touching on that again. A- absolutely, absolutely. I don't think you need to spoil that. I, I don't think that's something that needs to be broken down. That That's yes. right there in plain view. Yeah. So moving on to another noon game that we probably don't need to spend a heck of a lot of time on, but there's news from it. You got the Arizona Cardinals at the Washington football team. The Washington football team is minus seven. Total is the lowest of the week at 38. And uh, the uh, head coach for the Arizona Cardinals just announced their starter. It's Joshua Dobbs is going to start at quarterback for them, who's been with the team since August 24th. Yes, it's, it's crazy that he's basically been there for like three weeks and he's going to start opening day. They got rid of Colt McCoy. This just yeah, does t- not... Tell me you're tanking without telling me you're tanking. Yes, this just looks like a team that is really in disarray. It doesn't look like it's ready to win. It doesn't even look like it's ready to compete going into week one. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe they're going to surprise me and cover. But, but Washington football team... Is a team on a mission. You got an Eric Bieniemy that's ready to try to put his stamp down on offense. You got a, he a is riverboat walking around with a monster chip on his shoulder. Yes, and you got a riverboat Ron that that every single time I watch Ron Rivera, if they're not running the ball, I don't think he wants anything to do with that offense. I don't think he wants anything to do on the offensive side of the ball. He's a head coach who is a defensive minded guy who, unless we're running the ball, he's like an old school. Well, yeah, and he played linebacker. Yes, he I mean, played linebacker. Like, say, he knows. The same thing with the Titans, the way they do it with Vrabel. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I want to play good defense and control the clock by running the ball. The only thing that scares me is is I don't know anybody, anybody that wants any part of Arizona money on this game. Everyone's on Washington. 
and this this line has gone from what six to seven i mean everybody and their brother is betting this game is betting is betting washington yeah the thing i i i I'm keeping an eye on the biggest question for Arizona, and it's not just for this game. It's going forward throughout the season. It, it, it reminds me of the movie Major League, where the 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 stripper owner takes over yes. and she's trying intentionally wants them to lose so yep. she can move the team. The Arizona management is tanking. Yeah. So can the our Arizona Cardinals head coach and team can they do can they pull a quote Major League? Can they just find a way? Yeah, but even in Major League, they started off. Horrible in the first right. half, yeah, and then saying, they turned it. Yeah, around. and 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 the but the de- let's admit it, the deck is stacked against. Oh, against absolutely, them. the the ownership management has stacked this stacked it up against Arizona's uh, Arizona's players and coaches uh, to to not succeed this year. I mean, I mean, let's. I mean, this is and, and the, the over under thirty eight. This screams nineteen to six. You know what I mean? Well, this the, the, is, yeah. I don't bring them up too often, but Arizona's team total is 14 and a half, and to me that seems high. That is way high, especially when this over-under is, is 38. You're basically looking at, what, 24-14? I yeah. mean, that, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, not good at all. And I don't think we need to spend much yeah. more time on that game. Moving on to a much more intriguing game from the noon slate, Cincinnati, another road favorite. Cincinnati is minus 2.5 at Cleveland, totals 47.5. The Bengals have won ten of their last eleven. All right. Well, also, it's Zach Taylor in in the in his in his uh, multiple seasons here at Cincinnati. He's twenty five and twelve on the road. So this is a team that still can get it done on the road. But Tim, remember what happened when Cincinnati played last year against Cleveland and they got absolutely pounded. Yep, that was a national television game. Nationalized televised game. Yeah, and they just got absolutely pounded by the Browns. They got out. The one thing that scares me about this Cincinnati team is is that when another team hits them straight in the mouth, and just continues to do it all game, I feel like those are the games you just see Cincinnati not play well. And when you have Nick Chubb at running back, you can do yeah. that. You're capable of doing that, and Miles Garrett well, on the even, other side. Even, yeah, Miles Garrett on the other side where you're just you're just bum-rushing, and it just seems like you're attacking that offensive line. I mean, man, things could happen here. That's why I think this line is a 2.5. That's why it's so low, and that's why I want no part of this game. I, I hear you. I think the biggest question for Cincinnati going to this game is – the health of Joe Burrow and his strained calf. Is he fully healthy? Is he, you know, like under other circumstances, might they have sat him for this game? Well, I think if it was week seventeen and they were already in the, they were already looking at a playoff for something like that, then yeah, you wouldn't see him. Or, or if they were hosting the Arizona Cardinals yes, yes. or the Texans or something, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. The biggest question on Cleveland's side of the ball: which Deshaun Watson shows up? Is it the guy who had MVP numbers in like twenty nineteen? Or is he the guy that was absolutely brutal last year at the end? In six games last year, he averaged 183 yards passing and had seven touchdowns in six games. Yeah, but I mean, those la- even those last couple of years in Houston, just because he's putting up numbers didn't mean he win- he won games. He was one of those guys that's a great fantasy quarterback, but he- rarely did you see him le- leading the team to victory. Yeah, the-, the biggest matchup I'm keeping an eye on for this game is Miles Garrett. He up 16 sacks in 2022. And 16 sacks in 2021 versus newly signed tackle Orlando Brown Jr. Now I know they don't always line up Garrett on that side, but when they do, I, that's a matchup I'm looking at. Oh, that's going to be a great matchup. I'll tell you what I what I'm looking forward to is I'm looking forward to that uh, that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, but on that other side, that Nick Chubb man, just give me some uh... Nick Chubb. Just watching Nick Chubb break a couple of tackles and then use that acceleration, man, it's just such a thing of beauty, man. 
Yeah. I know we talk about it. We we always we always got chub for chub, but yeah, I, I got chub thinking about it right now. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up the noon slate. We've got a divisional matchup. We've got your Carolina Panthers. Woo! Let's go. Are at Atlanta. Atlanta's a three and a half point favorite. A little curious line there. Uh, totals thirty nine and a half. Now last year these teams split their games with the home team winning each game. Yeah, and you got a Atlanta team that is built to run and has multiple running backs. I know Bijan now is the number one running back, but when you've got Tyler Algier, you've got Cordero Patterson, Bijan doesn't have to do it all. This could be like a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt kind of a thing. You could be swapping in and out for a couple of plays or swapping in and out drives and stuff. This team is built to run. I mean, the only thing that, and, and Carolina, you talked about it. We talked about it when not on the show, but we talked about it before. Brian Burns is doing like a hold in. Yeah. And it really concerns me as far as what's going to happen with this defense because I feel like a hold in the guy's not a hundred percent in. Well, that's the thing is they have to do the Panthers have to do what the Niners just did for Bosa. Now I'm not saying make him the highest paid player. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is take advantage of the fact that you're starting a rookie quarterback and pay your best defensive player. Yeah, and he sees that, and that's what they need to do. Uh, you know, th that being said, let's be honest. For Carolina. What you're looking at going into this game is what can we expect from Bryce Young in his debut. Now, the Falcons, they had a brutal defense last year, but they did commit in the offseason, at least in name. They brought in Jesse Bates. They brought in Clays Campbell. They should be better. They're at home. However, Bryce Young is pretty familiar playing in the state of Georgia. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. And I will say the one thing is, is that is that not only did Atlanta get better, but Carolina, with the exception of DJ Moore, got better at every single position, including their coach. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong, and I understand why you like them. I, 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 I think it's it, an interesting game. It didn't make my it didn't make my final my final bets because I'm a little biased because I'm so in on Carolina already. But I no. think, you think Carolina. You never mentioned that. I like Carolina plus the three and a half. Even if they lose, I think it's going to be a game that ends up 27-24, you know, 22-19, where there's a field goal at the end of the game to win. Or I something. did think the three and a half was curious. Yeah. But, you know, every time you think you're smarter in Vegas, the one thing before we move on, the one thing I'm from this game I'm keeping an eye on is Miles Sanders. Last year, the Panthers were 10th in rushing. And that's despite trading uh, CMC halfway through the season. And he's... They're going to want to take the pressure off the rookie quarterback. So my eyes are on Miles Sanders. No, it's going to be Miles Sanders against Bijan, and we're going to see who runs the ball better because whoever runs the ball better is going to win this game. You're not wrong. Moving on to the 325 Central, 425 Eastern Slate. Where else are we going to start? Yeah, the, the Green, Bears. The, the Green Bay Packers at the Bears. It's meat and cheese week. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers at the Bears. The Bears are a one-point favorite. Totals 43. Talking about streaks. The Bears finished last year losing 10 straight games. Bears are favored in this game. This is a team that's lost 10 but, straight games. But are they? I Usually, when you've got two relatively close teams and one team's the home team, the home team usually gets the three. So the Bears are only a one-point favorite. Are they really favored? They still are. <laughs> they, uh, okay, they still yes. are. And this line has moved. This started off with the Bears favored by what a two and a half or two or something it, like that, it's, and it's it, been falling. Yeah. I don't know because I bet I bet Green Bay money line. I think Green Bay is the better team all around. Absolutely, the, the one area. I mean, obviously DJ Moore is probably the best receiving playmaker out of both of these teams, but with the exception of that, the only thing the Bears are better than the Packers at is the quarterback position because they have Justin Fields. But and but and, are they? And we have an unproven yet Jordan Love now. 
that's where I kind of beg to differ because we, like I said, unproven. Jordan, if there's one thing Green Bay has been able to do the last, I don't know, 30 years, has been to take a quarterback and just insert him in there and have him be successful. You're talking about Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, question mark? That's the thing. Green Bay, when you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Them too. (laughs) You're not going to attract free agents, let's be honest. I mean, Reggie White was a one-off. What they have to do is draft and develop. It's just like the Tampa Bay Rays in baseball. They have recognized that if we're going to succeed, we have to draft and develop. And they're awesome at it. Not just at the quarterback position, at at all of the positions. They draft, they develop, and then they go get paid somewhere else. But, I, I mean, I'm telling you, overall... Of the two teams, I feel like as a whole, the Packers are a better team than the Bears. Yeah, and and you're talking about a a Chicago Bears defense that was absolutely atrocious last year. Yeah, I talked about it when when we previewed the uh, Titans and Saints game about the extremes. The Bears are the extremes as well. In 2022, they were number one rush team at 177.3 yards per game and dead last in the pass at 130.5 yards per game. Let me say that number again. Their average passing yards per game last year was 130.5 yards per game. In this era, we're yeah. not talking about, you know, the, the 50s. We're, we're talking about in this era. That's madness. Yeah, I think that's going to get better this year, but it, it, that defense still is not going to be able to stop teams when you need to stop them. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, anything else about this game you want to say before we move on? No. All right. No. Let's move on to a, a, a good game. We got Philadelphia, another road favorite. Philly is minus four at New England. Uh, totals 45. Philly has won nine straight as road favorites. Yeah, but you know what? When you give Bill Belichick four months before a game to pl- game plan, <laughs> you know that he's game planning for this game. You know he's been game planning this whole time. And and this is one of those things spreads for, I've, I'm, I'm big on Philadelphia this year. I think they're still going to win the East and stuff. But man, when you give Bill Belichick a defensive genius, if you will, this much time to to game plan against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I think this is going to be a really tight game. Spoiler alert? Uh, not no, not it's not a spoiler <laughs> alert. I don't, I don't, I don't really. Philadelphia's power in the trenches. Their offensive line and defensive lines, in my opinion, are the best in football at both aspects of the game. And that right there, and well, and then also the fact that it's Bill Belichick and it's at New England. I'm not. I'm staying as far away from this game as possible. I'm going to watch it and just be just enthralled by what I see. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, this is a watch and enjoy. I, I hear you. I, I think the biggest question on the Philadelphia side, not just for Week One, but going forward, you've brought it up multiple times. What effect does losing both of their coordinators have on the Philadelphia Eagles as they try to go back to the Super Bowl? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, and not to mention the fact that we I've brought it up numerous times before on the podcast. No team that has lost both of their coordinators has has returned to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and speaking of coordinators, the New England Patriots side of the ball, the biggest question there is, can Bill O'Brien fix Mac Jones and the Patriots offense? I think he can. The question is, is he going to be able to fix it enough to make them competitive? Yeah. The biggest matchup I'm looking for in this game, Philadelphia's front seven. Now, last year they had a record, four players with 10-plus sacks. That is an NFL record. Versus the Patriots patchwork offensive line, Riley Reef at right tackle just hit IR. So, I mean, they're just piecing it together, oh, yeah. which in the era where they were a dynasty, 
That's the one constant they have, besides, of course, Brady and Belichick, was that offensive line. They always just had a solid offensive line. You never had to question. Now, if you look at PFF's rankings, they're middle of the pack. You're going to put a middle of the pack patchwork line against that front seven? Wow. You know you know what the best way to comp- compete against that, Tim, don't you? Run, Run the, the damn, damn ball. ball. <laughs> you got Ramondre Stevenson. You got Zeke Elliott. If you're going to get a chance to stay in this game, it's not going to be because Mac Jones kept you into this game. It's going to be because Ramondre and Zeke kept you into this game, and Mac Jones made timely plays when he had the opportunity. I absolutely queued you up for that one. Yeah, you did. All right, Tim, let's get into our next game here. It's at the Miami Dolphins. At the Los Angeles Chargers, or I should say, at a neutral site where the Chargers call home. Yeah, that's what I wrote when I wrote in my pad. I wrote question marks around the at because there yeah. is is there's no team in football that has a worse home field advantage than the Chargers. Yeah, it doesn't seem like even LA fans care about this game. There's going to be more Miami fans at. There's always more away team fans at Charger games. Yeah, I always giggle when it's uh, Raiders at Chargers because it's it's basically a Raiders home game. So the Chargers are favored by three. And really, I think this game should pretty much be a pick. I think this game is pretty much a coin toss. Well, when you see the three, they're, they're just giving them the token home team three, which is funny because they don't deserve a home team three. But, but this over-under at 50 and a half, I mean, this this game could reach 30s each, each easy. This is Yeah, this it, is it's two... the highest total of, of the post-Thursday uh, Thursday game. Thursday game, yeah. I mean, this game just screams air raid. This screams just score after score after score after score. Well... Now that you say that, it's going to end up being like 17. Oh, yeah, yeah, you watch. You know, I mean, factually speaking, last year, the Chargers won the uh, the Week 14 matchup against Miami, 23-17. Tua played. He went 10 of 28. Uh, now, I'm not going to ask you if that matters because these are two completely different teams going forward, but factually speaking, it was 23-17 Charger victory last year in their matchup in Week 14. I think that I think that changes. I think that, that both of these teams, I mean, Miami's speed alone, is going to get them into the twenties. Yeah, no, I, I hear and the Chargers. We've already said we think we both believe that this offense is going to be absolutely on fire. Well, and speaking of offenses, you got to flip to the other side of the ball. I think the biggest thing I'm keeping an eye on for Miami going in: what effect does Vic Fangio, a legendary defensive coordinator, what effect does he have on the Dolphins' defense? Yeah, well, you also brought in Jalen Ramsey, and he's not going to be playing. Well, well yeah, and, and that's going to hurt because as long as they're on the field. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are deadly. Yes. As long as they're on the field. Yeah. That's always the biggest well, question. Well, not that. to mention the fact that Eckler can always get you 120 all-purpose yards. He can get it on the air. He can get it on the ground. Now, granted, the guy only rushes for 60, 70 yards, but he'll get 50, 60 through the air, too. Yeah, and I brought up the biggest coordinator move for the Dolphins. We've talked multiple times about the uh, the biggest coordinator move for the Chargers. Kellen Moore, what his effect is going to be on this offense. Now, last year, the Chargers' was uh, offense was third in passing offense at 269.6 yards per game and 30th in rushing offense at 89.6. And the thing is, Kellen Moore, they didn't really bring him in to change that. Yeah. I mean, he loves to air it out. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, I, more of the same? Question mark? More of the same. I think, and, and, and once again, when you got, it, this is great. This is Tua versus Herbert. This is what I feel is the fastest team in the NFL in Miami against a, a Chargers team that, that just, that just drives the ball. I feel every single time you're watching them, they're driving the ball down the field. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a fantasy football player, this dream, this is a dream matchup for you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so full-service operation, we do have to mention another 325 game. We've got the Rams, minus Cooper Cup. They've already ruled him out. At Seattle, always a tough place to play. Seattle's a 5.5-point favorite. Total's 46.5. 
The Rams, however, have won seven straight games against NFC opponents. Isn't that crazy? What? I'm sorry, they've lost. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, like, I was about to be like, that's not true. They lost, like, a yeah. crazy amount of games. I, 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 I missed a word in that yes, sentence. Yes, you definitely did. <laughs> An important one, yeah. They, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I was like, wait a minute, what? No, yeah, they have lost seven straight games against NFC opponents. I don't think that changes this week. No, no. I, I, I mean, in order for the Rams to compete against the better teams, which Seattle is one of the better teams in the in the NFC, this team needs to have a great game from Matt Stafford, from Aaron Donald, from Cooper Cup. You already are missing one of those pieces. Yeah. And I think that is just really damning to the to the to the Los Angeles Rams. And this team has like a record amount of rookies starting. I think they said there's like 13 out of the 24 positions. They have like 11 to 13 new starters are all rookies. Yeah, well, they finally committed to a rebuild. Oh, I, should, I should say that. Let me, let me rephrase that. They had 13 or something like that rookies make the team, I should say. Not yeah. not starting. But they had a ridiculous amount of rookies on that team. Yep. This is a team that is completely has... Has a has an older Aaron Donald, has an older Cooper Cup, has an older Matt Stafford, and then has a whole bunch of inexperienced players. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, where Seattle is vulnerable this week, Jamal uh, Jamal Adams is out, Devin Weatherspoon is out, is the secondary. Without Cooper Cup, I don't know that the Rams can take advantage of that. But what are you, who are you going to be throwing the ball to? I mean, Van Jefferson can only get you so much. He's more of a deep threat. I mean, that yeah. uh, Paka, I, I like Paka, I like Puka. Puka he's Puka gonna, he, I'm going to bring him up in the fantasy. I really like him. All right, well, But I, mean, I think the biggest beneficiary for the Rams really is Tyler Higby. Absolutely, it's Tyler Higby. I mean, this guy's got to... Got to have a good game here with Cooper Cup not being here. I mean, they were talking about putting Cooper Cup on IR, and if they put him on IR, he's missing the first four weeks. So, but, but that's the thing is, he he had a setback with his injury, and he was he was spent three days in Minnesota seeing a specialist. Yeah, that doesn't bode well. No, not at all. No, and for the Seattle side of the ball, besides I've already mentioned their injuries, Geno Smith. He was the comeback player of the year last year. He he worked his magic. He had a career renaissance. He turned it into a three year deal. What can we expect from him? I, I think in this game, good, but I, as far as the season going, you know. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see as far as the season goes. I mean, there's going to be a lot more challenging games. I guess what we're going to see is, is can Seattle, you know, compete with San Francisco? Can Geno, uh, you know, get over the hump that is San Francisco when they play at San Francisco? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the thing I'm keeping an eye on for this matchup before we move on, the Rams offense last year was 30th in sacks allowed. So without the, I know where Cooper Cup's going to be, I can get rid of it quickly. Can they keep Stafford? Now, I know they spent their first pick, which was a second-round pick on a center, but can they keep Stafford upright? Well, and Stafford is also, even in Detroit, he's a guy that holds on to the ball, tries to dodge, some, tries to break some tackles, make stuff happen. And uh, so, yeah, it gets usually nets him a lot of sacks. And not to mention the fact when Stafford was hurt last year, I mean, did you have any faith in any of those guys playing quarterback no, last year? not I mean, it was Horrible. I mean, with the exception of when they brought Baker in and he had him come back and that, that Thursday one night game, game against the Raiders. Besides that, it was painful to watch the Rams play. Yeah, it really right, was. The quarterback play, I would say, without Stafford. Yeah, let's finish up the 325 slate with another division matchup. We've got the Raiders at Denver. Denver's a four-point favorite. Total's 44. Now, I know they're different teams, but the Raiders, factually speaking, have won six straight against Denver. Yeah, well, you know what? Also, the Raiders... This is a tricky game because you've got Sean Payton finally getting you got Sean Payton getting in there trying to fix Russell Wilson, and you've got a Raiders defense that has kind of been underrated the last handful of times when they played against Denver. Yeah, they, they kind of make things happen. Denver, like the the Raiders, despite the fact that they have 
uh, McDaniels, who I can't stand, the Josh McDaniels, who I think is probably one of the worst head coaches in the league. Good um, offensive can- coordinator, yes, bad head coach. Yes, exactly. I, I will say that he has a recipe to be successful. He's got Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a Ben don't, you know, like who is a, a don't make mistakes quarterback. You've got a pretty decent defense, and you've got Josh Jacobs. So really, Tim, when we get back to it again, what's the put the QB motto right here? Run the damn ball. Yeah, and that's the thing is they they gave him twelve. Josh Jacobs, speaking of him, they gave him twelve million dollars to show up to camp, to show up. They have no obligation to him going forward. So why wouldn't you just run the hell out of him? Yes, you know. Well, we were said the same thing last year. Remember going into the season, we were like, you, you're not going to save, you're not going to keep yeah. Josh Jacobs. So just run the hell out of him. And then he ended up leading the league in rushing. And and Vegas didn't even finish last in the division. Denver did. And yeah. now here we have Denver as a four-point favorite. Does Sean Payton move the needle that much for this to be for Denver to be a four-point favorite? Yeah, that was my biggest question for the Denver side of the ball is can Sean Payton fix Russ? I, I mean, it, it's the, the error has begun. I, I In this game, I don't know. But going forward, can they really be worse than a five and twelve team they were last year? No, they they better not be worse. If they are, then then Russ is cooked. Well, and that's the thing is, Sean Payton came in. He recognized their weaknesses. Now, last year they were last in scoring at sixteen point nine yard uh, points per game. That was with Russ uh, at quarterback. They were dead last in sacks allowed, and I think that contributes to it. And they addressed it. Now they overpaid McGlinchey to come over there, yep. but they they did add to their offensive line. And I think Sean Payton has enough respect in the room to get the ear of Russ and be like, listen, all that side stuff, knock it out. Yeah, they brought McGlinchey in from San Francisco. They brought the the guard in from Baltimore. I mean, they've made moves on the offensive line. Granted, they overpaid both of those guys, yeah. but it's what you needed to do. And yeah, hopefully Sean Payton told Russell to not, Russ to knock it off and just play football and let's see how it goes. Yeah. Well, uh, what, uh, what say we talk about Sunday Night Football? Let's This game. This game. This is one of the most this is one of the most exciting games for me and I'm not even a Giants fan or a Cowboys fan. You know, everyone with the star, everyone wants to flock oh, to the star. But Tim, Dallas at the Giants. The Giants are 3 three point three and a half point underdogs. I I know that the the line kind of has moved all over the place with an over under 46 and a half. Tim Brian Dayball is 11 and 3 against the spread as an underdog. Well, that's the thing. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there was zero expectations for the Giants last year. Even they thought they were rebuilding. The fact that they made the playoffs was a shock to even them. So you're going to see an ATS like that. You're going to see there was no expectations. Everybody kept waiting for Cinderella's clock to strike midnight. And you're going to see that. Now, I I wouldn't say there's expectations because people still think the Eagles are going to win that division and the Cowboys are good. But... They're not going to get the your first year leeway. Yeah. So there's True. going to be expectations. Now, yes, the fact that they're a home dog does surprise me a little bit, but I it's an interesting game. I and the Cowboys have won eleven of twelve versus the Giants, but this is a different Giants team. Yeah, this is a Giants team that has bought in with Dayball. They have kind of I wouldn't say come come, you know, come together behind Daniel Jones, but I think this team Brian Dayball accentuates what the strengths are of his offensive players and kind of leans away from the negative aspects of of his offensive players. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Here's one factoid, and it's not necessarily about this game, but I thought it was interesting because we already talked about the Eagles. One factoid I saw, no team has won the NFC East in back-to-back seasons since 2003-2004. 
Yeah. I mean, the Eagles won last year. Everybody's anticipating they're going to do it again, and, and I've got them going back to the Super Bowl. I just thought that was great. No team has won back to the NFC East back to back since 0304. Yeah, it's been I a thought... long time. We're always talking about what 18 years since then. But I, I I think the one thing that bothers me about this is 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 everyone's high on Dallas. And everyone talks about the Dallas is always right there and Dallas is going to be considered as the the other team to c- compete with uh with the Eagles. But Really, Dallas. We talked about it. Dallas had a lot of salary issues. They they just give Trey, Trayvon Diggs a whole bunch of money. They got rid of Zeke to kind of free up, try to free up some money. But really, this team didn't add anything. Where the Giants added what could very well be their their biggest offensive weapon as far besides Saquon, receiving wise, in Darren Waller. And I feel like the Giants have were making more moves. To make themselves better, whereas the Dallas is thinking like addition by subtraction because Zeke isn't there. But I mean, it, I think I think the Giants stun everybody on Sunday night, and I think they pull it out. Yeah, I, I don't know that that would be a huge surprise. I know Dallas three three and a half point favorite. You well, know. remember what happened last year Sunday night? Yeah. Dallas, uh, Dallas, what uh, did was it a Tampa Bay at Dallas, and Tampa's just put it to them, and Dallas's offense was horrendous that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I hear you. The biggest for this matchup, the biggest thing I'm looking at is the Giants' offensive line versus Dallas's defensive line. The Giants' offensive line last year was 27th in sacks allowed. The Cowboys were third in sacks. You're setting it up again, Tim. How do you how do you how do you combat that, Tim? Run the damn ball. Run the damn ball. You've got Daniel Jones who can run. You've got Saquon that can run. The dangerous thing about this Giants team is is when you're when you're doing a passing play and Daniel Jones finds a gap and he takes off. Right, it just keeps making it keeps keeps drives going, and it's one thing that really did well last year. Now, is is Dallas going to be able to stop that? If Dallas can stop that, then they're not going to have to worry about this game. They're going to take care of business, all right. But the Giants with with Saquon and Daniel Jones, and I think we're going to see a lot of Darren Waller this game. Yeah, I hear you. Let's say we talk about another division matchup on Monday night. Let's talk about it, Tim. We got the Buffalo Bills, a minus two and a half point favorite at the Jets. Total forty six and a half. The Bills have won five straight games versus AFC East opponents. Yeah, I mean this this spread is is two and a half, but man, everyone's talking about the Jets. Uh, the, the first thing I wrote down on the sheet was trap with a question mark because that two and a half it entices you. It's the cheese in the mouse trap. It's it, it entices you. It's like. Well, two and a half, that's under the magic number of three. The Bills are still a better team than the Jets, aren't they? Not as far as I think everybody... From what I see from the public, the public seems to be all over the Jets. And I, well, think, this is, I think this might be a trap in the other direction. I think this is trying to get people to take Jet money. I think this is, this is trying to get people to bet the well, Jets. Well, that, that's why I'm saying trap, because... No, I'm, usually the trap, you think, oh, it's two and a half, so I'll... I'll Bill, the Buffalo has to do is win by three. So I think most people, you're saying that it's a trap because they're trying no, to get. No, I'm to bet sorry. What, what I meant, what, yeah, yeah, maybe I didn't phrase that well enough. What I meant was the Jets are a home dog. Yeah. And, and to me, that 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 gets the Vegas is trying to get you to take the Jets. So to me, the trap is, you know, oh, I want the Jets at home with plus money. Yeah, I think I think this is a trap. I think Buffalo. Is a good team. Is Buffalo going to win that division? I mean, Miami has something to say about it. The Jets might have something to say about it. But 
then but Buffalo still, takes care of business usually. Aren't they still the best team? I, I mean, mm, I don't know. I don't know because that kind of Von Miller isn't starting the season playing. I mean that those receivers is kind of like a skeleton crew besides Diggs and and Gabe Davis. I mean, but I feel like this is. I feel like I I agree with you. I think this is a trap. Because everyone seems to like the Jets, and I feel yeah, that, like that's what I'm saying. I feels like they're trying to push you in the direction of liking yes. the Jets, and anytime Vegas tries to push you in one direction, you, you want to go the other way. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like I, I feel like this is a game that Buffalo can pull out because I think, I think everyone's all over the Jets. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think the biggest question for the Jets is, is Aaron Rodgers the answer? Do we get 2022 Aaron Rodgers? Where was it an age thing or was it a thumb injury thing? I don't know. I, I, I think I told you I am not on the Jets. I am not. No, I, I'm not. Either. I don't think. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the answer. I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a good receiver. I don't think he's going to be a great receiver. Whereas where he's where he was drafted at in fantasy leagues and stuff. And I think. Oh, what I've seen the hype on him is out of control. Yeah, I mean, the, just the the Jets machine because they got Aaron Rodgers and because how good that defense was last year. It's, 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 a, it's a, it's a locomotive that's out of control right now. Yeah, the hype, everybody buying the hype the we've seen on the Lions in the AFC. It's on the Jets. Yeah. All right, Timmy. Week one, best bets time. Let's start it on a positive note. Let's keep the money rolling here. Best bets. I'm going to kick it off to you, sir. You go ahead and get us started. Let me preface my always uh, disclaimer. I don't like betting week one, week two, or the last week of the season. But we wrap our episodes with best bets, and I'm a full-service operation kind of guy. I'm going to start with my first of the best bets. I got Houston and Baltimore under 43.5. Ravens have lost. Uh, the Ravens' last seven home games have gone under. The Ravens have a new offense they're debuting. They've got The Texans have a rookie quarterback making his debut. And the Ravens' defense last year was third best in points per game. All so right. give me the under 43.5. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what. Give me the Washington football team and the Arizona Cardinals under 38.5. Not think, scared by that number no, at all, huh? No. I don't see any way that uh, – I don't see Arizona getting to 14 points. Um, I think Arizona is going to put this one away early, and I think this game's going to be done pretty quickly. I hear you. Yeah, my theme for my, my next two, if you'll allow, is the traps. I, I mentioned it going in. We had six home dogs going into week one. Well, one of the home dogs I like is Cleveland. Cleveland plus two and a half. Cincinnati has lost five straight games in Cleveland. Joe Burrow is still nursing a calf strain. They just brought in Jim Schwartz, who's a very respected defensive coordinator the Browns did. In this line, again, it screams trap. It seems like with the two and a half... The public would be like, oh, since he's a better team, they're going to win by a field goal. Uh-uh-uh. I think it's a trap. I'm taking Cleveland plus two and a half. All right. I, I get it. I, I totally see it. I mean, it, uh, I guess it all depends what kind of burrow, what kind of condition Burrow's in. And uh, we talked about it before. If Cleveland punches them in the mouth right at the get-go, this might be a long day for Cincinnati. Yeah, if Chubb gets 30 carries, it, it, it could be a long day. All right. I'm going to throw this one out here. A Green Bay money line plus 100 on FanDuel. I mean... Green Bay is just the better team. I mean, the Bears have not proved they can win games. 
Um, they lost, what, 10 to end the season? You brought it up. They lost 10 in a row to end the season last year. How was this team favored to start off the season? If it's just because of Justin Fields and DJ Moore, then you're doing it wrong. I mean, Green Bay on offense, I mean, Green Bay's offense against that Bears defense, I don't see how the Bears are going to stop both of those running backs. I don't know how they're going to be able to stop Christian Watson. I mean, the, the, Bears, def the Bears defense has a lot of problems. And I understand Justin Fields is a great quarterback or a great rushing quarterback. And I understand that DJ Moore has really helped this team, but you're looking at a, a Bears team in the preseason that was looking good with that when that first team was out there, but that's because they they did they weren't the other team wasn't tackling. I mean they they had two screen plays that went for big yardages. So you haven't seen really a full season from these guys yet. And I think Jordan Love comes out and stuns everybody in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, my third best bet is Green Bay plus one. I, I, I don't know what you want me to say. Everything you just said, you made my point for me. Green Bay plus one. All right. Well, then you kick it right back to me. Huh? Okay. I'm going to throw this out here. I think the Giants plus three and a half on Sunday night. I'm going to take the Giants. I think the Giants have improved their team. I think Dallas has not improved their team. I believe it, Dallas is inflated because everybody loves the star. And, of course. And you're talking about a Giants team. That is playing at home, off of a good, off of a, off of a good successful season last season, and I feel like everyone look at the over under on this is seven and a half for the Giants. Everyone's writing the Giants off already, and I think that's momentum for the Giants. I think Dayball is a lot better of a coach than every a lot a lot better of an offensive coach than everybody thinks he is, and I think they're going to stun Dallas because I don't think Dallas is as good as everybody thinks they are. I hear you. I, I can't disagree with anything you said as much as it pains me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you have anything that didn't make the cut that you wanted to throw out there? No, no. I I, I don't like to do that because then it it I don't want to steer anybody in the direction I don't feel. Yeah, strongly I got you. About. I got you. I I'll go along with that as well. I won't do. Yeah. That. Well, all right. Well, hey, since we're wrapping this baby up on our week one preview, uh, stay tuned immediately for our fantasy football preview. Fantasy. We we go back to our roots. Our fun. We have fun with it. We are doing our week one. Fantasy preview. Check it out. The ladies of the fantasy. <laughs> Give me fantasy. Here we go. Fantasy episode coming up. We're dorks. Yeah.